Okay, today our reading is uh, Romans chapter 10. Hope you've already read the passage for today. And um, this is a, I, lo- I love this chapter. It's, uh, it's got some of the great gospel passages in the Bible uh, contained in it. And here, here we find not only the good news of the gospel, but, but also we find the missionary mandate and motivation to take that, that good news uh, to those who've never heard. So let's just think about two or three things we can note briefly from this chapter. Uh, early on in the chapter, I guess we have this, uh, this uh, idea of right, what is your righteousness, your understanding of your own righteousness based on. Because as the chapter opens, he, he, Paul reiterates uh, his intense desire for his fellow uh, Israelites to, to be saved through Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's how he began chapter 9. It's how he's beginning chapter 10 again, verse 1. But then Paul begins to lay out two different avenues of attempting to be found righteous before God, either having, as he puts it, a righteousness that is based on the law uh, or having a righteousness based on faith. That's verse 5, and you'll see that dichotomy uh, in verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, uh, and the person who uh, does the person who does the commandment shall live by them. And verse six says, "But the righteousness based on faith." So you got that clear delineation: righteousness based on the law or righteousness based on faith. And those are two drastically different ways of attempting to stand before God and be saved, and they are mutually exclusive. So. Let's think carefully about what Paul means by each of these two descriptions. First, Paul laments that his own people, the Israelites, had sought to have um, good standing before the Lord and maintain his good graces and favor to them through, like I said, as he put it in verse 5, righteousness that is based on the law. Uh, he quotes Leviticus 18.5, like I just read, that states, the person who does the commandment shall live by them. And, and that's precisely what the Jews were attempting to do. As he says in verse 3, they were seeking to establish their own righteousness before God. How? By being obedient to the law. That's what Leviticus 18.5 is saying. If you want to be found righteous before God based on the law, then what do you do? You do it. You keep the law. You keep the commandments. Only one catch, though. Jesus makes it clear in Matthew 5, 48, that if you go that route, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. When you consider the fact that we've all sinned, not only by commission, that is doing things that we ought not to have done, but also by omission, that is leaving undone those things which we ought to have done, we are a long, long way, infinitely far away from perfect righteousness. Meaning, also, we are a long way from being in good standing before God, when we attempt to have that righteousness of ours based on the keeping of his law. On the other hand, Paul says that there is a righteousness that comes, as he puts it uh, in, in verse 3. Um, yeah, in verse 3, a righteousness that comes uh, from God. Verse 3 says, For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God, not the righteousness that we give to God, but you see the diametric uh, opposition. Uh, this is we. God gives us. God gives us a righteousness. There's a righteousness that comes from God. So, 
unlike a righteousness that we have to earn for ourselves through, as the, the old confessions and catechism puts it, through personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience, this is a righteousness that can be given to us from God himself. But I guess you've you got to pause here and just say, it, righteousness is not just an idea, right? It's, it's, righteousness is a real and demonstrable thing. So where does this righteousness come from that can be given to us from God? Well, Paul says in verse 4 that it comes from Jesus Christ. Verse 4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. This righteousness that can be given us from God is the righteousness that Jesus in his earthly life earned and demonstrated uh, through his own personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience to the law of God. He actually did it. And rather than, than um, us trying to earn it on our own, we trust that he has earned the favor of God for us. Verse 4, that's why Paul calls it in verse 5, a righteousness or rather in verse 6, a righteousness that is based on faith. We recognize that our own righteousness account is empty and that we are completely destitute when it comes to meriting the favor and the blessing of God on our own. Hence, we repent and put all our hope and trust in what Jesus has done for us. He fills our righteousness account with his own righteousness, and that is more than enough to secure our favor with God forevermore. Uh, well, let's think secondly um, about something else. In verse 12, Paul says, um, the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. That verse is saying that all people receive his rule and reign over them, but those who believe also receive his riches. Again, the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. So all people receive his rule and reign over them, but those who believe also receive his riches. In other words, when we, what I want to say here is this, simply this. When we trust in Christ, we don't make him Lord over our lives. So, uh, people sometimes slip up and say that, like I, I made Jesus Lord of my life. No, actually we didn't. He was already and always has been Lord over our lives. The only difference is that before coming to him in repentance and faith, we didn't recognize him as Lord over our lives to our own eternal peril. And so when you, whenever you hear uh, someone say that they made Jesus Lord of their life, you can choose your own gracious, gracious method of gently correcting them for their own edification. And if you're prone to say that, uh, that you've made Jesus Lord, um, then I just gently correct you to and ask you to stop saying that. He is Lord of all, at all times, for all time. He, he doesn't change. Our relation to him changes. Well, finally, let's think about uh, faith coming through hearing. One of the great missionary mandates found in, in uh, verses, uh, is found in verses 14 through 17. So Paul had just declared in verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is irrefutable truth, but it raises a question, which in turn raises a series of questions, which leads to an important conclusion. If calling on the Lord is necessary to be saved, don't we have to have first believed in him in order to call on him? That's the point of verse 14. Yes. 
But if we have believed in him in order to call on him in order to be saved, don't we have to have at least heard of him in order to believe? That's verse 14. Yes. In fact, Paul says faith comes through hearing or comes from hearing, verse 17. But if we have to hear of him in order to believe in him, in order to call on him, in order to be saved, wouldn't someone have to tell us about him? Verse 14. Yes. In fact, Paul says hearing uh, comes through the word of Christ, verse 17. Hence, missionaries. Without the preaching and the hearing of the word of God, faith is vacuous. It, it, it is a generic faith that, that doesn't really believe anything. It's just faith in faith. It, it's, 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 it is faith in Jesus that saves. And that can only be gleaned from the message about Jesus. Hence, missionaries. But mind you, um, we are all to be uh, on mission uh, wherever we live. Whether it be in a foreign country uh, or right where we are, Jesus is to be on our lips uh, so that he can be on the ears and in the hearts of those who don't believe. And furthermore, you know, as Christians, we need to understand uh, something else, that the strengthening of our own faith will not happen um, apart from hearing the word of Christ. And that is why we say it over and over again, not only reading your own Bible regularly, but also being faithful uh, in, in, in attendance when the church gathers to hear the preaching of the word. Um, they are meant, they are the God-ordained means for uh, the growth of your faith. So just in with this encouragement, make use of every avenue you have to fill your mind and your heart with God's word. Um, this will also make your mouth more ready and equipped to speak words of witness to those who need to hear, as Romans 10 describes to us. And those are just a few thoughts from Romans chapter 10.